Has it been a week already? Hello, Internet. Hi. <laughs> it has been, and what a doozy of a week it's been. Yeah, well, not a lot of topics, more like one giant festering topic that has everybody talking in the office around the water cooler. Yeah, everybody in Canada. Again, this is uh, uh, heavy on the Canadian content. Sorry, but we live in Canada, and it's hard enough to research topics close to home. I don't really want to go out looking for um, international stuff. Well, I guess we have something international. To we do, about. yeah. We'll we'll touch on that later. But let's let's get right into the meat of the episode. Yeah, here. let's talk about. Is it Cotter or Cadre? Cotter. No, Cadre is the the brown guy who plays hockey yeah. for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But would it be Cadre? Cotter. Cotter. Because you say Cadre, well, so I was welcome going. Welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> Well, how did no one use that how as a did, headline? I, I guess they just <laughs> thought it was insensitive. To uh, yeah, brown guy got a whole whack of money from the Canadian government. I wouldn't call that a whole whack of money. It's ten ten and a half million dollars. Well, that's a whole lot money. of money for me. But that's yeah. This is this is what I immediately thought of when I heard people outraged. I was like, oh, ten and a half million dollars. That's a lot. And I was like, would I go through ten years of Guantanamo Bay for ten million dollars? And no, million no, I wouldn't. Ah. Uh, you know, when you I, put I it would, that way, I would do six months for five hundred thousand, maybe. <laughs> but that's that's the extent. I, I don't know. You can endure six months of torture. I think my sanity is already on the verge of just giving up. So that if I got tortured and dragged through pee in Guantanamo Bay, I don't, I don't think I could handle it. Yeah, but that's the. Th- I think like after the second week of torture, I think you're you're broken already. Anyway, yeah. So I why guess not spin that out. Like into- like they say that people have. The best uh, quality that humans have is adaptability, and I guess you would eventually get used to pee. <laughs> get and get poop. used to being pissed on, uh, and your constant waterboarding. Yeah, well, I don't think he was waterboarded, was he? I don't know. I know that was uh, a favorite at, at uh, Guantanamo. I guess. Did do you think he was lucky enough to get the finger guns from that lady from? Oh, the oh, what was her name? This oh. would have been, and this was pre-Twitter. Uh, the that woman who he would have been in Guantanamo Bay when they're doing the dogs and. Pointing at the naked guy's dicks. Yeah, putting leashes. You you start giving the background on the story. I'm going to okay. look up who that was. So I researched this a lot because like any good topic, if you feel yourself emotionally leaning towards one side of a story, you should just research more until you get so fed up you're objective about this thing. So what happened was Omar Cotter. Are we, did we settle on Cotter? Yeah, let's just, let's so just go So Omar Cotter in 2002 – was in a firefight with some U.S. Marines in which he, well, I guess you, you could say he threw it because he was convicted of actually throwing it. You only say allegedly when someone hasn't been convicted of a crime they're charged for. But since he was charged for the death of Spear, the uh, medic who he got killed by a grenade that Omar threw, so he... Okay, so I'm going to back up a bit. So this fight, what happened was there was a whole bunch of troops looking into a building. They didn't find anything, and then... Go back a little farther than that. This took place in Afghanistan uh, during the War on Terror. Yeah, in 2002. 2002, so immediately in the aftermath of uh, 9-11 when when the U.S. invaded Afghanistan Mm -hmm. uh, to bring al-Qaeda to justice. And... Omar was, has does have links with Al-Qaeda, and he was actually an informant in Guantanamo said that Omar was screaming to his little brother in Arabic, don't tell him about our family ties to Al-Qaeda. So this thing just gets like, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they gave him that much money. And then you're like, wait, he was a terrorist. and But at the time he was arrested, he was only 15. So you're like, well... He was a child, but he was throwing grenades and in a firefight. And later they found a video of him playing with detonator cables in the house that was blown up that, ah, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So anyways, in 2002, there's a group of American soldiers, Delta Force, OV-1, and Afghanistan militants. These guys, through months of uh, uh, intelligence and such, figure out that there's a building that has Al-Qaeda members in it. So they go to investigate this building. 
While they're there, they find nothing. But then the military tracks, uh, what the fuck is it called? A satellite phone call, a satellite phone call being made from 600 meters away from this house. So while the meat of the group is investigating this empty building and trying to find what their intelligence was about, they sent a handful of troops over to this other building, including like five American soldiers and two Afghan soldiers. And what happens is they send an Afghan soldier in to talk to these people and they say, come out, we need to search the house. And they're like, no, we're, we have allegiance with this certain village, so we're exempt from your search and seizure. So the Afghan soldier comes back to the American troop and tells them this. Then the American troop says, no, we got a call. We're going in anyway. And they send in two Afghan soldiers to say that, at which the, so the people in the house shoot and kill those two Afghan soldiers. So a giant firefight ensues. They call in like warthogs and they're bombing and they're strafing this building. And then when the rubble clears, through a hole in the back, the American soldiers go in, to which there was still three alive uh, insurgents in the building and they throw grenades and spear. Sorry, I got it. Do you remember his full name? Uh, and, and Andrew or am I confusing him with the conservative candidate? You Andrew are. Andrew Scheer. You're mixing him up with that. Uh, sorry, guys. I have all these notes, but I have too many to look through. Anyways, spear, the soldier who was killed, was actually in civilian garb and not wearing a helmet. So... The grenade that exploded behind him actually ended up killing him and not the other soldiers. So, so that happens, and then they find Omar Khadr. Christopher, Christopher, uh, Christopher Spear yeah. is the name of the guy who's killed. And okay, so I'm gonna go back to my notes because I have all this stuff in there. So after the firefight in which three soldiers wounded and Spear killed, the troops found a hidden compartment with five boxes of rifle ammunition, two rockets, two grenades, and three RPGs. So that is after the stuff had blown up. Okay, but I got ahead of myself again. I'm really bad at this timeline stuff. So the way they get Omar is they shot him three times in the back as he was trying to get away, and when they walked up to him, to give him help, to give him medical assistance, he said in perfect English, kill me, because he's actually a Canadian citizen, which is why all this stuff came up in the first place. And a Delta Force soldier who was there was like, okay, kill him. But then an OV guy was like, no, we want him for fucking interrogation and stuff, so keep him alive. So they keep him alive and stuff. And then they take him to, what was that name of? Do you remember the city he went to right away? Anyway, so they go to this other city, and then they're kind of fighting over what happens to him while he's unconscious for a week. And then Canada says, don't put him in Guantanamo, but the Americans are like, we're putting him in Guantanamo. So they send him to Guantanamo. And, well, actually, the reason they did was the stuff I was saying they found in the house in secret compartment under the floorboards they also found a videotape of Cotter playing with the detonation wires of bombs and in this building that had gotten blown up on the video while Cotter was in there, there was Taliban uh, insurgents building IEDs and there's a video of them planting landmines and laughing about it. So upon finding that video, the U.S. had enough to send him to Guantanamo and where he stayed for... I think 10 years no eight years because it was he stayed there till 2010 getting formed like it's it's kind of wishy-washy on what actually happened there like we were talking about with the girl with the finger guns we all know how Lindy terrible. England by the way was, oh, uh, nice. was her name so all that was happening while Omar was there and then in 2010 he finally says all right I did this and he was charged with murder uh, helping terrorism, uh, colluding with terrorists, war crimes. It's actually, he's actually the youngest member since World War II to be charged with war crimes. 
they haven't charged a minor with war crimes since World War II. So all this happens. Then in 2012, he gets repatriated back to the States where to serve, or on 2010, when he was convicted, he was convicted of the time he served in Guantanamo, plus an extra eight years, to which he would serve in Canada, where he was repatriated in 2012. And then in 2013, he was moved from maximum prison to minimum prison. And then in 2015, to, come, to deal with his appeal for the U.S. actual uh, charging him with these crimes and convicting him, he appealed that. So in 2015, he was released on bail from the Alberta institution where he was at. And then that's when he becomes free. And everybody, and then he gets the two, on Wednesday, he got the two, or the $10 million payout from the Trudeau government. And that's where we are today, where people are outraged. Dale, thank you for that very succinct. <laughs> I know, it's, it's <laughs> very, very linear. Um, yeah, okay, so people are mad because they uh, essentially see a terrorist getting a $10 million payout from, first off, Everyone's attributing this to the Trudeau government. Like, Trudeau personally cut the guy a check for $10 million. It's not. Canada was going to pony up this money. It didn't yeah. matter who was in power. Um, you know, there's a lot of finger-pointing going around. Uh, so the Trudeau government is saying that it's the, the Harper government's fault for not bringing him home from Guantanamo earlier. Yeah. Uh, Harper government blamed the Chrétien government. Or no, the uh, yeah, Paul, the liberal uh, no, the, Paul Martin government. Yeah, the liberal, the liberal government, government at the time because it was under their watch that he was sent to Guantanamo. So it is a lot of he did this, he did that. But another thing that factors in was Cotter actually sued the Canadian government for breaking his Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms rights in 2013 for twenty million dollars, and then. Uh, what's this guy's name? Then the government actually said, a government representative, Goodall, said the government has already spent $5 million on this case and there's virtually no chance of success. So it's kind of like hush money being like, yo, uh, hey, we apologize for what happened. Here's half of what you're suing us for and most likely going to win. And basically drag Canada through the mud. Yeah, so here's here's what... Uh, this whole situation is just a gigantic clusterfuck because mm -hmm. whether Cotter is guilty or not... And maybe this this <laughs> makes us think that, hey, maybe these, like, unilateral detention centers where, uh, you know, people can just be whisked away under the yeah. pretense of war crimes with no trial and no due process, maybe that's a bad idea because shit like this happens. Yeah, like, he was held for 10 years... Before he admitted guilty to these crimes. And even then, he, the the admission of guilt and his lawyers claim this and who the fuck knows if it's true. But, uh, it you know, under extreme duress, they said he was never going to get a trial unless he pled guilty. That yeah. was the only way he was going to get tried in Canada. Yeah, which makes sense for him. Plus, he's saying that since he was unconscious and he was shot in the back, he was actually unconscious after the firefight for a week. So he's saying he doesn't remember the actual firefight. Yeah. And that's, you know, in, in a court of law, if someone's arrested and taken to uh, a court of law immediately and you he would have been tried like a regular human being, maybe uh, we would have gotten to the bottom of this and found out what actually happened. Mm -hmm. As it stands, you don't get a trial until 10 years after the fact. I feel fucking awful for, uh, for Spears' widow and his children because they'll never know either. Like, actually... The true, the worst part about this whole thing is not that Trudeau gave him ten and a half million dollars. What happened? What the worst part is that Trudeau gave him ten and a half million dollars secretly, without announcing it until after he had gotten it. So legally, the Spears widow who sued Omar for a hundred thirty-four million dollar wrongful death of her husband and won is now entitled to $134 million from Carter personally, but she can't collect 
because the government, if the government would have announced they were giving Cotter $10 million before they gave it to him, she would have been able to seize that from the government en route to Cotter. But since, I, don't, I don't think that's true at all. So they paid him. I don't think that's factually correct. Which, I don't I don't think them not, in, in a court of law, it's not going to make a difference when yeah. they paid him or when they transferred the funds. She's well, be, she could have set injunction on the funds before he got it. She's still going to be entitled to her $134 million, which yeah, is but what now, the court. Now she has to go get that from Cotter personally, which she's never going to get because and but if if uh, the government had announced they're giving it to him, she could have gotten it directly from the government before it went to Cotter. Now, she did sue for 134 million dollars, but it was a uh, a default judgment, which, uh, given my limited legal knowledge, uh, I believe a default judgment uh, basically occurs when the other party doesn't respond. So either Cotter oh. uh, or his lawyer. So it, this wasn't tried like an actual case where oh, okay. they like presented evidence. It was- This uh, is news I, to me. I was just going off what I read. I imagine this was, uh, they they subpoenaed Cotter or, or they summoned him to a US court. But you know, if I'm a guy who just spent 10 years in Guantanamo- Oh no, this was still while he was in Guantanamo. Oh, okay. Then, so there's no way he could show up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure what led to the default judgment there but that's that's basically uh if the other other party fails to respond uh then that judgment is granted so it does look like that judgment was never enforced from what i'm reading here so people are mad number one people are blaming trudeau not trudeau's fault number two uh the options here uh were basically keep fighting this on the canadian taxpayer dime which they'd uh, already spent five million five million dollars this could have gone another However, like this could have dragged on for years and it could have been millions and millions of, of dollars in legal fees. Yeah. And then on top of that, there could have been awarded a greater judgment uh, to Cotter because the Supreme Court of Canada had already ruled that his charter rights were violated. Yes. Yeah. You don't get any higher than that. You're not going to appeal. I mean, you could <laughs> appeal the Supreme Court decision, but it's probably not um, probably not going to yeah. work out in your favor. Uh you know, and and that was decided by the Supreme Court of Canada, which, to my knowledge, has no justices named Justin Trudeau on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and some people might be thinking, well, where'd they get the ten and a half million dollar like number from? And coincidentally, that's the same amount they paid. Oh, another name for me to butcher, uh, Maher Arar, who was tortured in Syria, and ordered by can he sued the government to and won ten and a half million dollars so i think it's more like they're just gonna give him the same they give mahar because there's already or rr because there's already precedents that canada has had to pay one guy this much and one of the things about court systems which everybody knows from watching tv once you have precedents that's almost interpreted as the standing law and since they had already paid this one guy ten and a half million dollars it was very likely they were going to have to pay it out again yeah and, and that seems reasonable um the other kind of mitigating factor of this is that uh cotter was a uh a child soldier essentially like oh, he, yeah. was, he, he was a child at the time he was yeah, like this is this is kind of it is true that he was a child soldier, but he wasn't a child soldier like in the Congo where they're like seven or eight and they're like carrying around machine guns. He was I'm not saying he wasn't I'm not defending anybody, but I'm just saying he was almost 16. He was two months before his 16th year birthday when the firefight happened. He was five foot seven and 155 pounds. That, that's a child. Think back to the shit that mattered to you when I you were know. 15 years I know. What I'm old. saying is he's he wasn't a child. He wasn't an adult. We have this term teenager, so maybe we should have, like, they try people in homicide cases all the time when they're as young as 14, 13. So, Depends on the circumstance, though, yeah, that like is that's in a pre, court of law. That is premeditated murder, and this really wasn't premeditated. This was more of a manslaughter situa situation where stuff escalated and then he ended up killing somebody. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the Geneva Conventions, which is like the worldwide doctrine on prosecuting war criminals, uh, yeah. re- they even refuse to touch uh, what what constitutes a child soldier. soldier. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they don't specify an age. They say that it is best left to uh, individual states to determine. Yeah. Which is fine. That's all good and well. But again, you need due process in a court of law to determine that, not some secret military tribunal. Yeah, Which is what Cotter got. Like, it wasn't for the United States to decide what a Canadian citizen's, uh, whether they were a child, whether they could be tried as a child soldier. That would have been Canada's job. So what they should have done is extradited him back to Canada at the time. He could have faced justice in a Canadian court, and we'd probably all be... Uh, you broke it down by uh, each Canadian citizen has to pay how much? 28.7 cents. We'd all be 28.7 cents richer right now if... if and personally, <laughs> I'd just give the guy 28 cents. i give more than that to homeless people who weren't tortured for 10 years. <laughs> it's true. I mean... I've seen him do it. I mean, yeah, my thing for this is this is a very wise decision on Trudeau's part not because i feel bad for the guy it's not even trudeau's part it's well it's the, i mean well trudeau's the guy well it's just i'm just saying trudeau as in trudeau is the guy that the happens government, to be in power the government this is being okay the canadian government as a whole which i just call trudeau because that's way easier to say and it's easier to put a guy's face on it anyways it's a good decision for the canadian government because basically canada's foreign policy is hey we're nice compared to the states and if Canada did send and uh, sorry I got jumbled up there I didn't mean to say if Canada sent Canada did send people into Guantanamo to interrogate Cotter this is this kind of got me off surprise I didn't know Canada really had too much to do with Guantanamo but if your foreign policy is hey, we're nice guys, everybody hates those guys to the south, but we have to deal with them because we're next to them. If it turns into, yeah, we send people into Guantanamo Bay to, air quotes, interrogate prisoners at the same time, we're actually just as bad as them, it could have massive fallout for just how Canada's perceived in the world market. Yeah. And I mean, this this is something like it doesn't even come come down. It's just our it's it's legal procedure, right? Like this was gonna happen mm-hmm. regardless of who was in power, uh, you know. And you have all these dipshits posturing right now, like Andrew Scheer, the conservative, uh, recently elected conservative leader, uh, saying that he would have he would have fought this this case like what on principle you would have burned through. Yeah. And these are like the conservatives are traditionally the small government. Uh, fewer taxes party, but you're going to tell me you're going to sit there and you're going to burn through millions and millions of Canadian dollars fighting a legal judgment that you have already lost. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. And it's weird because Sheer basically said in 2012 when they repatriated Cotter as a Canadian citizen, he was like, oh, that's enough. Our hands are clean. Yeah. We're well, done. Well, but that's the, the like- next year after he was repatriated was when he sued the government so his statement of that is asinine like i I love canada i love i think canada is a great country i don't know if being allowed to come back to canada would make up for being tortured for 10 years in a prison yeah i this actually brings me to my next point about this whole thing is i don't i don't know how to dance around this without sounding like a bigot but if you're like hanging out with Al-Qaeda and you're fighting for Al-Qaeda and you're helping make bombs and you're throwing grenades against the U.S. Why would you want to be a Canadian? You've obviously picked the other side. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he was 15 and he could have been misled and everything is tragic. But if if we – let's just go back in time and say like uh, alternative timeline – so we get him, and he goes to court because he was a Canadian citizen when this all happened. He's a 15-year-old guy. He's sitting in Canadian courts, and they're like, all right, you are fighting against America, which is pretty much the same side as Canada and all of these things. You are helping Al-Qaeda, or Al-Qaeda 
you were doing all these terrorist activities. Why do you want to come back to Canada? Yeah, and I think that goes back, you know, he's he's been back in Canada. He's living as a Canadian citizen uh, mm-hmm. s- since he's been repatriated. Um, uh, he, he isn't just running around willy-nilly, by the way. He lives in Alberta, I think, because that's the last prison he was released from. Awful place for a brown person to live. I just <laughs> want to put that out there. I know. And, uh, but if he wants to go visit his parents or his grandparents, I think his dad is dead. His dad's dead. His dad, so... Uh, and that further complicates it. Like uh, his his father Ahmed Cotter was the actual. No secret that this guy was like full on terrorist. Yeah, like, he was killed in a Pakistani firefight, I think. Um, but yeah, this guy was definitely definitely an Al Qaeda sympathizer, fought alongside them, uh, and that further convolutes things because like. There's probably shit I loved when I was 15 just because my dad, like, oh. Huey Lewis in the news. That's, like, wow, that's, that's my... That's better than Al-Qaeda. That's my... I'm, ah, I'm going to say, that. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say Huey Lewis in the news, <laughs> better than Al-Qaeda. I, yeah, Although, I... Although, uh, does Al-Qaeda have a band? They, well, you got to assume that they I, have I, one. I bet the Probably lyrics, has a horn section. I bet the lyrics are trash and the hooks are garbage. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Uh, I'm yeah. going to preemptively judge Al-Qaeda's band as... Huey Lewis in the News is my own Al-Qaeda. Uh, what shit did you like? Because... Uh, wrestling. There you go. Okay, That's... professional wrestling is the... I still love it, though. It's it's just... When I was, like, three years old and four years old, I was watching wrestling with my father. So I loved wrestling. So, like, again, wrestling is still better than Al-Qaeda. Nah. But the point is, young men have this... It's I don't know if it's a bad habit, but we often parrot our father's opinions. And that's how new racists are born, pretty much. The best example is racism. Like, most racists aren't racist because they're like, well, I was personally wronged by this person who is a visual minority. What happened is their parents were racist and their father would scream and run around the house saying racist stuff so the son would be like well my one role model in life the person who I'm supposed to model myself after hates these people so I should hate these people so on one hand you can sort of relate to Cotter because his father was Al-Qaeda and would probably just fill him with all these like ideas and stuff about how western civilization was bad yeah people indoctrinate their kids all the time i know lots of 15 year olds who are fans of the toronto maple leafs just because their father yeah, was fans of the toronto maple leafs uh believe in jesus and like go no no 15 year old given the choice on their own is gonna elect yeah. to attend a church yeah uh, like could you imagine like me and derek both grew up in the church not because when we were two or three we're like you know this god thing let's let's look into that no it was because our parents went and on one hand, it did make us exemplary people because it gave us a good moral compass. But like Derek said, if at Clearly the age... Our, our moral <laughs> compasses are highly... highly Impeachable. <laughs> if you came to 15-year-old Dale and you're like, so there's this Jesus guy you into it, I would have been like, no, get out of here. So that just goes to prove that he was indoctrinated to be pro Kaida. Yeah, he was absolutely indoctrinated. Whether, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see the guy's got to keep his nose clean as shit now. Oh, like, yeah. there's no way he's going to be able to funnel at any of that $10 million to terrorist like, organizations. That guy's not going to be able to buy a drone. But no, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you know, a 10-gallon drum of fertilizer. Yeah. Like, that's they're not going like, to do that. Uh, I'm really into rodentias this year. <laughs> I want to get some perennials. And they're like, well, you have to do it the old-fashioned way without fertilizer. Yeah, you got to use use poop or something. <laughs> yeah, here's a bucket of cow poop. Grow your flowers with that. Um. But yeah, this is and the the other flip side of this is that people who fucking know better, like uh, you know, media properties and uh, you, my favorite punching bag, which is the rebel, adults uh. who know the details of the story uh, are still turning around and they understand because they have brains. Yeah. Like they understand that the only the only way this goes any different, uh, whether. Cotter is guilty or not is is to spend millions of dollars fighting a losing battle in court and potentially pay more. These yeah. people are doing their part to kind of inflame 
anger about this amongst people who who don't know any better and like knock knock that shit off guys like this is an awful situation for everyone everyone accepts that this this fucking sucks no one comes out of this with their nose clean but it's it's better this is like the the least of all the evils let's leave it at that yeah call it a day this is basically after everything that happened this is the best possible way this scenario could have ended. Yeah, absolutely. It, it sucks in some ways, and it's not enough in other ways. Like I was saying before, if you're leaning one way or the other on this story, you haven't read enough information about it because it's so conflicting. And like me today, I was researching it, I was reading this way, and I was like, oh, that, that sucks what they did to him. And then the, and then like a paragraph later, is like, oh, my God, he did that. <laughs> He's guilty like, as shit. Oh, my God. He was on a video playing with, like, wires. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's it's a lot more nuanced than most people. Uh, and, and there's people on both sides coming down saying, how could we give money to a terrorist? And the other side is that the U.S. are imperialist torturers. And, yeah, we should have given Cotter more money. Uh, fuck all of those people. Yeah. The, the true, true, like final word on the subject is that uh ten and a half million dollars is is probably good enough to make all of this shit go away forever yeah uh, yeah like derek said all of this shit go away forever the best situation for dale is i don't have to hear people at the water cooler talking about this anymore because it's one of those subjects where somebody makes a statement and then you'd be like oh yeah and then it's an argument yeah uh so if you catch people doing that through the next week here uh, if anyone brings up Cotter, you say, hey, I have a great podcast you should listen to. It's Outrage Factory. Check it out. These guys will blow your fucking minds. And Dale DeRuiter did a great job of going through the timeline of what happened, and he didn't stumble on his words, and he didn't go back and forth on the timeline at <laughs> yeah. all. And also, they're super good looking. Yeah, and, and we smell nice most of the time, except for not. two podcasts ago when it was 38 degrees. Yeah, it's cool. It wasn't 38. I can't remember what it was. Uh, We're going to take a break before jumping into our next topic here. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be back to talk about another another new new and exciting topic, vaccinations. I got to unmarble my mouth. All right. Welcome back. Yeah, I, I guess I guess you guys just time traveled because it feels like milliseconds that we were gone. No, we were gone a really, really long time. Know, this is totally. actually the next day we were waiting for for more outrage to show the up. The miracle of podcasting. Uh, before we jump into our next uh, weighty topic, we wanted yeah. to to take a run at uh, something a little lighter. Yeah, we wanted to break it up because I know all of your emotionally spent after listening to us ramble through half hour of Cogger Talk. After listening to Dale (laughs) share 20 minutes of backstory. No, Derek told me off air. He was like, you were very verbose and I really appreciated your efforts. Was this hardcore history now? secretly been in love with you our whole lives. (laughs) I did say that part. I kind of talked him off the ledge and said, I know, but... As a couple, we'd be too beautiful, and we would just detract from every other couple on Earth. We did make out a little bit, though. Yeah, that's that. Hence the lengthy break. We can't, we can't just keep this much romance between man on man. We got to give some to the girls because we don't want to be sexist. Yeah, no, we're we are we equal got, opportunity. Yeah. We got to enlighten the whole world of womanhood. So, uh, Twitter user J at JW last week. Or as I like to call him, some dickhead. Yeah, but shared a picture of uh, a Chipotle takeout order. Uh, the tweet reads, started asking the folks at Chipotle to individually package my ingredients so I can assemble it all at home. Am I weird or brilliant? Uh, the attached picture shows uh, about 50 individual ramekins, uh, each with a tiny amount of ingredients in it. This is the most absurd thing I've ever seen Yeah, in this my is life. ridiculous. And as Derek just said, ramekin, which basically just means those clear little pa- uh, plastic little, containers little plastic that you put sauce in, you could tell that he's worked in a kitchen before, and I've also worked in a kitchen before. And when you get strange requests like this, it really just makes you hate humanity. So as yeah, as as someone who spent 
uh, a large amount of my formative years working in a kitchen. Me too, and it was it was terrible. Yeah, kitchen work is it. like shitty, thankless work. I do have that to, to thank for being able to kind of assemble a meal today. Yeah, but, and uh, to basically swallow your own pride and work through it and then just deal with it later. Well, or work through anything and know that it will never be as shitty as working in a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care how awful my marketing job seems yeah. now. Uh, even on the worst day, all I have to do is think I could be cooking food for assholes right now. Yeah, even as a welder, which could still be like physically laborious at times and shitty and hot, I too am still being like, oh my god, I, there's no food here. Think. I don't, I don't know what it is about people, but it's like the second they cross the threshold into a restaurant. This is probably true of myself and you, I'm sure. But yeah. like, no, I I. If I hadn't worked in a restaurant, I'd be a bigger dick in restaurants. Yeah. I know that. Like, your people in restaurants are, like, it represents the absolute, like, fuck the comment section. The wor- yeah. You want to see the worst in humanity? Go to a restaurant. Yeah. And the thing about it is, I think it's just that people are hungry. If you want to see the worst side of someone, just get them when they're hungry. Yeah. We've funnily like coined the term hangry but it's true when people are hungry they're way more prone to anger and ordering ridiculous shit and just being shitty or like faking food allergies just because they don't like something yeah which is the fucking you're not addicted or you're not fucking allergic (laughs) to onions no one is yeah and just don't like them there's no such thing as a gluten allergy uh, unless you're a celiac, which or does that count as an allergy, or is that just like or sensitivity an intolerance or tolerance? Yeah. Well, celiacs is one thing I personally can empathize with because when you actually do accidentally get introduced to wheat, you just shit yourself uncontrollably, <laughs> and that's a horrible <laughs> thing for anybody to go through. That's just a normal Sunday for Dale. <laughs> hey, yo, I have loose stool. <laughs> Too much? <laughs> we'll post a picture for our uh, listeners no, at home. No, no, we, we won't, won't do that. No, we won't. But yeah, this is don't don't do this. Uh, Twitter user at JW. Don't go into a restaurant and make everyone individually package your ingredients for you so that you can assemble your shit at home. You are certainly not brilliant. Just take take the extra effort to, you know, whip up a meal yourself. Yeah. Buy the ingredients at the grocery store. Quit or, being a tool. Uh, yeah. And one, it does. it's not even that it's bad for the people who somehow found themselves working at the Chipotle and just hating their lives. What about other people who want to eat at Chipotle and have to wait for their delicious food because you need your cheese and your salsa in separate containers. Individually poured. Ah, I don't want my food touching. I, yeah. need, I need a compartmentalized plate. Oh, my oh. overpriced burrito is soggy when I get it home. Oh, no. My guac touched my <laughs> cheese. <laughs> what a dickhead. It all touches each other. And I've always been the the absolute like opposite of that whenever i can i just like to mix everything on my plate at once into one yeah thing. if i can make it cool. like a big slot there's this thing that i want to try apparently it's this uh uh it's like this midwestern regional meal in the united states and it's actually called the garbage plate and it oh comes my god on, like, that sounds delicious comes on a styrofoam plate and you get like <laughs> Like two bases, like macaroni and cheese and potato salad, and then you get some kind of meat on top, and you like pick, you get both those, uh, both starches, or do you pick one? Let me let me look it up. So garbage plate is that's Sophie's choice right there. Doing Fucking some research. macaroni or potato salad? How do you pick? Oh, it's it's a New York thing. So it's uh, Nick Tahoe Hots Incorporated, home of the garbage plate. Look I at think this. this is the episode where we've mispronounced last names more than any other what's episode. What's with all these, these, uh, uh, easy boy, uh, tread lightly, um, non-easily pronounced names? Yes, that's what, that what I what, meant is, to say. That's what you were trying to say, I know. Never would have seen this in 1940s Germany. That's oh, all wait. Dude, 1940s Germany had probably the hardest to pronounce names. All right, look at this thing. A red hot garbage plate. Uh, <laughs> red hot. A garbage plate, according to a 2010 archive of the restaurant's official website, starts with a base of any combination of home fries, macaroni salad, baked beans, or French fries topped by your choice of meats and dressed to your liking with spicy mustard, chopped onions, and hot sauce. 
Oh. Each plate comes with two thick slices of fresh Italian bread and oh butter. God. I'm like... I can't even... Like, I'm looking at this thing and I just want it. It looks fucking awful. Oh, my but God. Also, you know how I was just talking about being hangry? Is there, like, a hung... Like, you want to eat something so bad you're kind of horny? <laughs> Is that a word? Hor- horngry? <laughs> yeah, horngry. I'm horngry for that garbage plate, bro. Yeah, I would, I would definitely... Uh, touch my wiener to that plate of food and the best thing about something like this is it's called the garbage plate it comes on a paper plate that says garbage plate on it so there's no fucking around you're not like Ooh, i wonder if i'm gonna feel guilty about this later it's like you're guilty going in and you eat it and then you could just be like well that happened yeah shit you're not you're not oh is this gluten free oh, i have a sensitivity you I don't are know reminded I should have eaten that. at every turn that you were actually putting garbage in your body yeah they should just write on the menu, this is a mistake, don't eat it. Bah, fuck it, eat it, but, <laughs> but don't cry about it after. I just yeah. spent three days in the States, uh, in Wisconsin, and people there oh eat God. the most fucking awful. Everything was, I mean, it was delicious, yeah. but everything is sausage uh, or deep fried or deep fried sausages. I'm uh, that horngry again. Yeah. I'm uh, getting horngry. Had, just had some deep fried cheese curds. That was a trip. Oh, my sure. God. Were they breaded? Uh, yeah, they, they were like bread, be. breaded curds. And, so it's uh, just like mozzarella sticks. Uh, uh, yeah, but you know, cheese curds instead of mozzarella. Like little, like if you Ooh, if you <laughs> if you gave uh, mozzarella stick to uh, Omar Cotter yeah. and said throw a grenade at this, <laughs> that's what you'd end up with. That's. You know what my favorite part about us is? We'll spend <laughs> half hour debating. The importance of a legal decision <laughs> to come to terms with a tragedy that's been happening for 10 years. And then five minutes later, we'll just make, make fun of it. Making a joke. <laughs> we'll talking like, about curds. We'll be like, well, now that we've talked about the serious side of this, let's just use it as a punchline. Hey, speaking about putting awful shit in your body. Uh, sex? No, what? No. The, no, no. Uh... Okay, the good. the government of France because I don't have an awful penis. Uh, <laughs> he, he does. <laughs> you can't get vaccinated against that. Uh, government of France announced this week that uh, parents will be legally obliged to vaccinate their children starting in the year 2018. Oh, uh, uh, of course, this is getting uh, morons up in arms. I mean, okay, so. I don't think it should get to a point where a government has to actually mandate. Yeah. But prior to uh, probably the, the last decade or so, it was just trusted that, like, hey, you didn't want your child to get shitty diseases, so you were going to get them vaccinated. And yeah. then the Internet happened, uh, and it started, uh, became kind of this groundswell of uh, dumb people giving other dumb people advice that was not yeah. grounded in science. And proven at ev- or disproven at every turn. Like, at this point, we shouldn't have to go around why vaccine is a hot topic. But what happened basically was there was one scientist who wanted to make a name for himself. So he started saying that the MMRI vaccine was You just smashed two medical... Did I? What? Which vaccine did he say was causing the autism? So you just combined MMR, which is the uh, measles, mumps, uh, rubella Yeah, isn't that the one who's... With an MRI, which is a Did I say magnetic MRI? resonance. Wait, what is it? <laughs> an MRI is the machine that scans yeah, your brain. Yeah, I know that. The MMR vaccine. Oh, is, there's no. Um, there's no eye on it. Okay. There's no eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as dumb as I sound on this podcast. I swear. It's true. It's actually true. So basically, what happened is this guy. I don't. I don't want to read all these annoying articles to find his name. Andrew Wakefield. Derek knows because this is his pet topic for. Oh fuck! I've I've been waiting for. That. Also, years. if you want to hear more about vaccinations, uh, we go on Facebook and be friends with Derek. Yeah, or just join join a mom <laughs> group. Uh, I'm going to be launching a new parenting podcast probably in the next couple of weeks with a friend of mine named Brandy Barker. The podcast is called Unplanned Parenthood. Listen to it wherever you get your podcasts or vaccination news. And uh, like this podcast, you don't have to find all your enjoyment from Derek. You can find it from his 
co-host, who I've met numerous times. And yeah, she's probably funnier and smarter than me, which is why yeah. I, I asked her. She's to a delight. Wow, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that go far. for Derek, stay for Brandy. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, let's let's say that. And I, well, I can't promise this, but I'd imagine he wouldn't talk about vaccines on all the podcasts. Literally every episode is just going to be uh, me ranting about vaccines for 20 minutes and then but, Brandy doing her thing. But Derek does have a three and a half year old child who is currently still alive. So he is actually an effective True. parent. No, he, no measles outbreak so far. Yeah. And we haven't seen any signs of him becoming a serial killer yet or having still, any latent emotional problems. Ah, still. Yeah, well... I don't think that really manifests well, until... What I'm saying is, if he still turns into a serial killer, it's not like 100 people. It's like, it's not like the BTK killer. It's like the guy who killed like one or two. Yeah, just like, and then got caught because he was dead. Yeah, like he's he's not broken yet, and he's already three and a half, and that's that's pretty good. Uh, your, your latent serial killer tendencies didn't really emerge until you were... Uh... You know, 17, Tomorrow. I'm no- <laughs> right after this podcast. People calling me out in public, that's when it comes around. Uh, so, yeah, Andrew Wakefield, 20 oh, years yeah. ago, published... Uh, I forgot uh, our synopsis. Widely, <laughs> widely debunked uh, medical paper uh, attributing a, a correlation between the MMR vaccine and a rise in uh, autism. Which... Uh, one thing, not even citing all the studies that have disproven this, but the fact that the people who wrote this study with Wakefield all pulled their names off of the actual study means it's probably wrong. Yeah, he was uh, essentially uh, dis... What was it? I know it's disbarred when you're a lawyer. I think he it's was, the same thing. He, yeah, he was, disavowed? He was just like, yeah, he's prohibited from practicing medicine. De-doctored. He was, <laughs> he was given seven years uh, of his life back. Medicalized. <laughs> oh, I like that one the best. Uh, he's not. He's not a doctor anymore. He's in, now just Andrew Wakefield. In recent news, Andrew Wakefield has been demedicalized. <laughs> uh, people were remarking on your uh, your newscaster voice last time when you were. Oh yeah, when you were going like all of it. Yeah, I think uh, we we got some good feedback on it. So maybe keep doing that. Should I start a Fapcast where I only talk in that voice? Uh, no. You say no, but I heard yes. <laughs> Your body says yes. I heard immediately start that. So, back to this. So, the government is mandating vaccinations. Uh, let's talk about libertarianism. Yes. I, for one think at this stage it's ridiculous that anybody wouldn't get their kids vaccinated because this is my hot take on the topic even if andrew wakefield was right even if it causes other shit you should still get your kids vaccinated anyway because on the slight chance it causes something else the more chance of causing a measles outbreak or polio or one of these other dead diseases that shouldn't be around is way too great. Yeah, I think a lot of people get their hackles up when they hear about a government telling them to do anything. Uh, it takes the responsibility away from the individual and puts it in the hands of the government. Yeah. And that's all fine and well up to a certain point where your dumb decisions are going to impact other people. Yeah. Uh, it's the same, It's like, oh, drunk driving's illegal. The government's telling me that I can't drive drunk. Well, no, because you could go out there and and crash your car and murder another yeah, person. Yeah, like, they don't care if you kill yourself. Yeah. They're just, they're trying to stop you from hurting me and my good looks. Like, why why is firing a gun in a crowded restaurant illegal? I should be able to yeah. do that. Because you might kill another human being, and, and so it goes with vaccinations, uh, you know. I've heard terms, the term herd health. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Herd immunity. So a certain percentage of the population has to be immunized against something for diseases to actually be considered safely eradicated. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I believe it's 80 percent, I'm not entirely sure if uh, at least 80 percent of the population isn't immunized against the disease, uh, it can still lead to outbreaks and even people. And the problem there is that. If you have outbreaks occurring around people who have been immunized and this disease still wants to, you know, jump from body to body, yeah. um, you end up with some fucked up mutations that suddenly we're not resistant against anymore. Yeah. Uh, and you see this every year when people are like, oh, I'm not getting the flu vaccine because it doesn't do anything. 
I still get sick. Well, you still get sick because not everyone got immunized. Yeah. And uh, the disease mutated and you caught a different strain of it. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, fuck, I totally just spaced. Oh, yeah. The term I like to throw around is uh, nanny state. And that's basically where the government has to step in because, like a nanny would to a small child because you don't have the wherewithal or common sense enough to determine what's better for the society you're surrounded by. And this is that exact situation. Like, like I said before, I think even with the side effects that could come, you should get vaccinated and just because it helps society as a whole. And I like our society. I'm a pretty big fan of the way things are going, how I get to just go to a store and buy stuff without having to make it by smashing rocks and sticks together. (laughs) That's a pretty big thing for me. But if we don't take action to uh, maintain the society, it'll fall apart. And this is one of those things. Like... If you have all these people who are like, well, it's my choice. I don't have to vaccinate my kid. Well, that's all fine and good, but you should go have to go live in a society with other people of the same inclination. Yeah, where all your shitty children are dying of measles while you watch. And you know what? You know what hippies are bad at? Building computers and video games and fast cars, the stuff uh, I love. Surviving? Yeah, well, they could survive. It's just shitty. It's like all their clothes are gray or green. They eat boring food, and they don't have computers. And then you were like, but I want a computer. And they're like, well, that's bad for you. And you're like, I don't give a fuck. I want a computer. It's not made out of plant products. Yeah, uh, and they don't go to the Middle East and get rare earth metals to build my smartphones. That's not maintaining our society. Um, and that, so this is my whole thing with, uh, with libertarianism, which is, um, uh, it's kind of this, uh, uh, grassroots political movement. That's, that's gaining more and more steam. Uh, a friend of mine or that we went to high school with Darcy Giroux, uh, awesome dude, He's a libertarian candidate somewhere in Alberta. I believe I'm Calgary. Darcy, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're listening to this. Uh, Darcy is one of the, like, smartest, most thoughtful guys I know. Whenever we have, like, political discussions on Facebook, he's always super informed. He doesn't make, like, ridiculous knee-jerk reactions. That's my part. He's he's very strongly <laughs> uh, libertarian, though, and he, he leans towards, like, less government regulation, less government intervention. Uh, we always get in these debates, and and my fundamental problem with libertarianism is that it looks great on paper because you're you're basically uh, giving the power back to the people. You're trusting yeah. people to make decisions best in in their best interests, uh, in, in and in the best interests of society at large. Problem with that, and this is why I will probably never ever vote for a libertarian candidate. Sorry, Darcy, is that. People have proven themselves again and again in recent history to be too fundamentally stupid to oh. act in their even their best interests on an individual level, yeah. but also on a societal level. Um, people are rarely, rarely doing the smart or the right things. And yeah. you could argue that that might be because government has had too heavy a hand up to this point. And people yeah. just don't. It's like helicopter parents, right? Like yeah. you have a, a really strict parent and the mm-hmm. second you send your kid to university – they're doing like cocaine in the back room of a strip club and shooting heroin in their eyeball. Yeah, because the thing is, the like this, like Derek was saying, people can't handle this because if you take stuff away from them, they just want it more. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's basically telling people, and we are going to see like probably backlash to this, and and a lot of people are going to. Uh, maybe people who might have vaccinated their kids previously are going to not vaccinate their children in France. Because uh, they were told to. I, exactly, as an act. Yeah. And I can kind of, like, I can relate to that because I'm I'm the guy who, if, if you tell me I have to do something, it makes me 100% more likely that I will never, yeah, ever do it. I agree with you. Um, and another thing I want to point out is the balls on France, eh? Like, it only, I guess it took, like, what, 50, 60 years of being called a pussy for kind of getting in shit in World War II where Germany just walked in and they surrendered and then everybody's just like calling them cheese-eating surrender monkeys and then they turn around and they're like, yeah, well, w- would a pussy ban the burqa? 
Would a pussy make it so that there's no such thing as burkinis? Would a pussy make... The burkini thing was such a stupid... Like, what percentage of the population did that actually affect? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like how many people are wearing burkinis? Yeah, what are they going to the do? Ban fat kids from wearing t-shirts <laughs> in the pool? Like, yeah, we still could see you're fat, but you can just wear that as, like, emotional armor or whatever. <laughs> but it's just funny how France for so long was just seen as soft... Oh, and another thing they did was, going back to our previous uh, subject about Afghanistan and the fucking war on terror, was one of the things the state, the France did was they doctored documents saying there actually was weapons of mass destruction for the U.S. to go in there. What? That was, that was different. That was Iraq. Yeah, but I'm just saying. That was a different war now. Those, aren't those countries right beside each other? Derek's having an aneurysm. Moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I as, as a per- so I can believe in personal liberty uh, as long as as people are making the right decisions. They are very much not anymore. I say, you know, maybe we spend the next like fifty or sixty years, uh, you know, proving that we as humans cannot be complete fucking morons yeah. about everything. Basically. Humans are the teenager that crashed the parents' car, and now we have to drive with the parents in the car until we can prove that we're not complete idiots. Yeah. It's like that stupid, annoying dad joke, if only common sense was common. The worst thing about this is it makes a dad joke fucking <laughs> seem deeper than it factually should. Factually correct. Yeah. Because common sense, not a common thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah. any longer, and yeah, maybe we try libertarianism in like another century or so. Like, give yeah. it a shot, uh, or we, you know, go back to to hunter gatherer society, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we've had a good run. I so do far. like nuts and berries. <laughs> you definitely like nuts. Oh, oh, uh, what up? Uh, I guess another. Uh, back to our. Uh, I guess uh, viruses mutating. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gonorrhea is becoming resistance to antibiotics. Dun, dun, dun. And you're thinking, <laughs> gonorrhea is not that bad. Well, worldwide, every year, 78 million people are afflicted with that. That's is that over- 78 million new people? I think it's just 78 people have it at any given time. Or have, like, in the span of a year, that's how many cases are either ongoing or new anyways that's over twice the population of canada so if you could imagine canada all having gonorrhea and then another canada all having gonorrhea and it's becoming resistance to antibiotics then you might be like me and not have sex. Yeah. So, World Health Organization issued a uh, a, a warning that antibiotic resistant strains of gonorrhea are on the rise. Uh, estimated 78 million people contract gonorrhea each year. Uh, it used to be easily treated, but now it's mutated to the point where I guess it's it's almost like herpes, right? Like after you get gonorrhea, if it, if it can't be treated. Derek, why would I know about gonorrhea? <laughs> I mean, no, you personally. <laughs> why, why would you ask what? me about any STD? I obviously have no idea how that happens or what happens. I don't even know what genitals look I like. Don't, I don't think your girlfriend listens to this, so it's probably... It's probably yeah, I, I, I guess I could... I, I don't... The fun, fun side note, uh, when I was seven years old, eight years old, my neighbors uh, who were teenage boys told me that... Oh my God, please tell me this isn't going dark. What? No, you were seventeen year old. They, Your teenage when I was neighbors, seven years old, this could go my teenage, teenage neighbors told me uh, that gonorrhea was this disease that made you pee green slime that made that climbed out of the toilet and tried to eat you. And for about a year after that, every time I pissed, I'd like bolt for the door and <laughs> like uh, what? Yeah, I mean, mean that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Why have I been so worried? Yeah, I spent a good year of my life. Uh, just like absolutely terrified every time I pissed that it was going to jump out of the toilet and eat me. Do you, do you want to know a little known fact? Gonorrhea is actually the clap. A lot of people say chlamydia is the clap, but yeah, they, they it sounds that, like chlamydia. Yeah. But gonorrhea is called the clap because before they figured out how to use antibiotics on it, I don't know. Which like, apparently that was a mistake. Yeah. They used to 
clap your their hands like the heels of their hands down the sides of your penis to drain the green ooze. That's where the green ooze came from. Oh, this is a real thing. It's actually well, it green. didn't turn into a monster oh. and attack you, but there was green ooze that came out. Oh, also that does not sound like okay. What? Light bulb moment. The green ooze or the clapping the heels of the hand on the penis? A light bulb moment. If you want to get people to wear condoms, you say, let's launch like this full scale advertising campaign yeah. that says, if you don't wear a condom, this will happen. Oh my God. <laughs> like, imagine. Just, just, you know what they should do when they have sex ed? Instead of putting a condom on a banana, they should just have someone <laughs> hammer, the hammer the sides of the banana to mush and be like, that's your dick on gonorrhea. We all know what would happen. Wear fucking condoms. Oh, this is a, I this is just um, a chance for me to bring up something I heard once that makes me sound smart, and it's they're actually taking is a this the pain green slime thing because I already covered that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that and that did make you sound very smart. No, what it is is they're using maple syrup to cure superbugs because when you take a chemical like out of maple syrup and mix it with antibiotics apparently it makes it way stronger so victory to canadians and maple syrup <laughs> we did that go us yeah another victory for canada it doesn't really have anything to do with anything because it's years out and the science isn't actually there to make it happen but it worked in theory and it worked in a laboratory so you know what that means it's going to change the world. It's going to, yeah, as most Canadian inventions do. Yeah. Uh, all right. Is that is that it for us this week? Oh, no, wait, we wait, wait. Anything wait. Else? There's, there's one more. It's another light topic. And basically, Disneyland, that was awkward. Is it at Disneyland or Disney World? I always get those two. It depends. Up. One's in California. One is in Florida. Which one has the ride Pirates of the Caribbean? Both. I guess both of them, but I know conclusively that Disneyland does. Okay. Because I have Disneyland is going to clean up the Pirates of the Caribbean ride by getting rid of the wench auction. Which to me, a what the fuck? They still have a wench auction in 2017. <laughs> yeah, that took a little and longer you're than it should have. A family business, like I get it's I get that it's kind of trying to stay with the times of the theoretical make-believe Pirates of the Caribbean timeline. And but yeah, you shouldn't have to clean something like that up because that should have been gone in I don't know, the 20s? No, I guess it wasn't even there in the 20s. Makes me feel good about myself. The uh, character that Johnny Depp plays in Pirates of the Caribbean and Casey Ells, is that his name? From uh, Princess Bride? Or Car- Carrie, Carrie Ells. Yeah. Those two characters at Roberts. But that's not even yeah, it is. true. Disney yes, did it not, is. Disney did not own the rights no, to the Princess Bride. No, but... Okay, they're not named Dread Pirate Roberts, who's the leader of pirates. Changes, it's not just one guy, it changes from movies. It is alluded to that each of those characters was at one time Dread Pirate Roberts. That's, yeah, that's I'm not, totally smart. That is not. I'm the smartest man alive. Yeah, all right, that's good. When it comes to unknown, unusable trends. Untrue, untrue, true. Uh, I, I take issue with them, you know, changing the, I mean, pirates were, they're very wench-oriented. You know. I think the, uh... The fact that I think it was one of those things that's like, haha, this is funny. Pirate. And then it kind of has a dark undertone of the sex trade yeah. and human. Uh, why the fuck can I think of that? I was thinking human marketing, but <laughs> human marketing. Well, that's how you that's how you like sell the humans. Yeah, like, yes, that's you what get the, people interested. That's in, what the wench auction posters would be. Yeah, uh, human marketing. Yeah, and then you you actually the sales. So is it, the it's one of those things that's kind of funny, and then if you think about it too long, it just gets real depressing. Yeah, because then you think about oh the human trafficking, and then you start thinking about how human trafficking is a thing that actually exists, and people are sold into the sex trade. And then you just get really bummed out and, yeah, change your fucking ride, Disney. Okay, well, yeah, now I kind of, now I see it your way. Do you think they're going to change the next movie? Is the next movie the last movie? They've never sold wenches in the... I know, but is wench, but do they have wench culture? I hope they change, <laughs> probably. <laughs> do you see Kira Knightley's outfits? In... <laughs> uh, I hope that they change the next movie to include a line conclusively stating that it's not Dread Pirate Roberts and that Dale DeRuiter is a fucking moron for believing oh that. Oh my god. I'm, I'm Googling this right now. <laughs> 
All right. Just uh, wait for a bit till I find this. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, we can Roberts. go back to the gonorrhea thing. Yeah, let's talk about gonorrhea. Let's talk more. about gonorrhea some more. Okay, the Dread Pirate Roberts is a fictional character. Yeah, fictional character. Oh, Wikipedia? Okay. So, the character from The Princess Bride is definitely Dread Pirate Roberts. His name's Dread Pirate Roberts. I'm not disputing that. That's not the yeah. name of, uh, of wow. Johnny Depp's character. Okay, so that just talks about him there. Uh, oh my God, this is probably the worst. You know what? We're just gonna end it. All We're right, gonna I'm, end up. I'm I'm probably wrong. I'll just say that. Yeah, about everything that just, he's I'll talked just, about. I'll just go like what I do with my girlfriend. I'm like I'm probably wrong. If you take one thing away from uh, episode 13 of Outrage Factory, is this 14? Is it? <laughs> now who's wrong? Derek Bolin. No, episode 12 was the last. Yeah, in your face. You again. Dale, let's just bitch. end it before you're wrong about any more things. Okay. Let's just end it. Let's yeah. just. Let's let's say Dale's wrong more for episode 14. Let's just title episode 14, Dale's wrong more. Yeah, we could, we could probably call it. Uh, we could probably call this one. Dale's now. wrong. <laughs> Dale's wrong harder. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Dale's wrong strikes back. All right. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Uh, we now have a home on Facebook. Please find us and like us. It's Outrage Factory on Facebook. And tell me what you think about my Photoshop skills and putting a super cool-looking puppy and a gorilla fight. They're pretty the fantastic, actually. I'm, I'm most of all the things that we did this week. I'm most excited about that. Yeah, and I definitely wasn't wrong about including the puppy wearing a bow tie. No, that that had every place there. Yeah. Uh, you can tweet us at Outrage Fact Pod on Twitter or tweet me personally. I am at Herder Six R's, and I am Super Dalebot. Feel free to light me up. Uh, please send us whatever things you're outraged about next week. Uh, we'll be recording next weekend again. Or not even things you're outraged about. Stuff you've noticed other people are outraged about. Yeah, that works as you well. you don't agree with. Yes, perfect. Uh, until then, stay angry. <laughs>